0: This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management. Welcome to your commercial-free, uninterrupted investment show, sponsored by the SEC registered investment firm Wilsey Asset Management, a fiduciary firm owned and operated by President Brent Wilsey, who has been putting clients' investment needs first for over 40 years. The Smart Investing Show has been giving unbiased financial information for over 27 years on local
1: radio stations right here in San Diego. Providing you with fundamental analysis on stocks and investments you want to know about. Now, here are your hosts, Brent and Chase Woolsey. Well, good morning and welcome to the Smart Investing Show. I'm Brent Wolsey, just about 8 02 on a Saturday morning. Great to have you here this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning talking about your money, your investments, the economy, and all those things to help you build your net worth. And with me is Chase. Good morning, Chase. Good morning. So excited to be here this morning. Uh, great Thanksgiving. Uh, it always kind of throws me off a little bit, because with a Friday, uh, I think Friday after Thanksgiving is about one of the only days I can think of that I just take off, and it just throws me out of out of sync, you know? <laughs> oh, uh,
2: I know. I was sitting there yesterday doing nothing real. I was shopping for Christmas lights and stuff like that, but uh, and then it's like, oh, wait, today's Friday. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you had Thursday <laughs> off and Friday <laughs> off, and I'm like, oh, we have the radio show tomorrow. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't have any TV tomorrow, so I'll relax
1: again tomorrow, and then back to the... Regular grind on on Monday. But uh, we do have to talk about Friday because it was kind of a strange uh, thing on Friday where the Dow dropped uh, over 900 points. Uh, S&P was down about 106 points. NASDAQ fell 353 points. Uh, This was the worst close uh, for the year. Now, we did talk that uh, at one point throughout the year, they were down more, but the closing has never been this low. And I think it was even 13 months. I think it was the last time it was this low.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a shock when I woke up and all of a sudden I see all the red on on the market and I was like, Oh geez, wow, this is crazy. But, uh, you know, that's, I, I I, I do think it is not concerning, obviously. I mean, it it is just part of investing where the year is going to bring about different uh, events. Oh my gosh. Like, I remember back in, what was it, 2015, there was the China scare that sent the oh, market yeah. down. I think it was like a 5% drop at the <laughs> open. That was pretty crazy. Um, but these things just happen, yeah. you know, and um, obviously this is now revolving on COVID again. Yeah, yeah. The, the COVID came out that there's a, uh, it's
1: called the the new variant, and it's NU, I guess is the way that they're pronouncing it from what I've seen so far, and I didn't spend a lot of time on it, but I just feel on Friday what happened was it came out, I believe it's coming from South Africa. Now, I haven't confirmed this, but like, oh, 10 deaths or something, so nothing really major. But the concern is, could this become something major? I don't believe it will be. They talk about, will the vaccines, will they handle that? But on Friday, I think, uh, thin it, trading on Friday, a lot of traders aren't there. I think they just said, you know what? Let's deal with this on Monday. We'll sell out now. We'll look at the real story on Monday. And therefore, that caused a big decline. And and also, it was surprising, too. Though. I mean, the 10-year Treasury last week did hit a high of— of, gosh, uh, I think it was like close to one six eight, one six nine. Mm-hmm. Well, that was all the way down about 1.5. So that did help uh, stabilize some of your tech companies. But still, I think most people just like, you know. And again, on Friday, they're just traders. It's half-day uh, market. I think they just uh, pulled out and said, we'll just go on. The big thing is, I, I you know, is this a, just a, a scare that, oh, is it going to start all over again? Or is this something that... Uh, yeah, it was just the scientists found this in South Africa and, yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, I just – I about? think we've had how many variants now, and mm-hmm. they haven't proved to be problematic. So, I, you know, I, I am kind of surprised the market – that's why I think that then trading is what was a real part of the cause of it as well. I mean, we saw the Delta variant. Remember how, oh, the Delta yeah. variant. It's, uh, so we've seen these variants come about now, and it's something that we know uh, – that, that happens right. is you know the the flu's always kind of changing in terms of its streams and like uh now you have covid where that's always changing now, yeah and yeah, I think it's it, but probably five years from now we we could have another covid variant and the thing is we we have to learn to live with covid it's just a a thing we got to deal with yeah, and then they've talked about that, and we'll
1: we'll deal with it and uh uh, we'll see what happens next week, but I think next week, I, I believe we'll find out that, eh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of move on from here because the economy is doing very well. Gosh, if uh, I know you don't go out shopping on Friday. We actually went to Home Depot yesterday. Was Home
2: Depot, Target, and uh, Pigment over really? in Del Mar.
1: Okay, because I know Christina went out shopping, uh, and there was like a line to get a UTC here, I guess like a mile long, almost back to the freeway. So
2: crazy. I, good, good, crazy. Well, I was going to say I was very surprised. Yeah. It, it, no, it was dead. Oh, so Home Depot is dead. Home Depot, yeah, you don't think of right. Black Friday, really. But Home Depot was actually more crowded than Target. And then um, like, I went over to One Paseo in Del Mar, and it 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 wasn't uncrowded. But right. for Black Friday, it, talking to a couple of the, the girls that were working at the different stores we went into, they're like, it is so not busy. Really? But then it was funny. There's a store called Vandervoort, and uh, – the girl working there said their other store in North Park, I think is where they said, was just absolutely crazy. But there, I mean, it was Nothing. just Taylor and I in the store, and that was it. Oh, wow. wow. It, it was, I don't know.
1: I, hey, I don't know what. <laughs> and I think a lot of people went to the malls because, I, I the malls, I think we're seeing with the two malls, and they both, like, packed. So yeah. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, maybe the malls are back. We'll kind of talk about that. we got some great posts for next week that we'll, we'll talk as uh, more. But to, let's talk about uh, something very important. That's the, uh, the options because it used to be used as a hedge to either protect or enhance performance on stocks. Uh, Unfortunately, now that is no longer the case, as many less experienced investors are using options as a way to invest in expensive stocks by using the options.
2: And as we continue to see many companies rise in price, it's because of the high use of options. The average daily call volume on many of the most popular stocks, I mean, it was just staggering, as it recently stood at for Tesla, I'm gonna say 1.1 million. Sorry, there, Brendan. Apple was (laughs) 885,000. AMD 587,000. Nvidia 471,000. Even Microsoft was over 257,000. And again, yes, that is the average daily, not the weekly or the monthly volume for these call options. And you have to look at anyone with any experience in the long-term market of investing will understand the risk that is out there. I mean, this is it's crazy. Yeah, and it, it really is crazy. <clears throat> and the problem with the options as opposed to holding it
1: is you're much likely to flee and lose money quicker. Um, and, and these ha- are supporting the stock price. Well, Once that option market goes away because people stop doing it, which I believe they will, I, I believe that we'll see these stocks fall back down. Uh, and they'll be self-defeating as they fall. They'll fall more and more and so forth.
2: Well, the, the crazy <clears throat> thing that, that I was reading about was these options are not long-term. They're expiring within. I think it was like two weeks. Was kind of where a lot of I'm gonna say the games are being played because that's that's not investing. That's not trying to and uh, you know protect your right. returns. Right. That, that is truly just gambling. If you're rolling the dice on these options that are going to expire here in two weeks and you know they're out of the money and it, it's just it, it's just not investing. Right. It, you're. It's kind of like the the meme gambling. stocks. Right. You're like, well, I hope I can buy this. And somebody else will buy it for me for more. That's all these people are doing. Right. And, and I think this, too, will, will end badly
1: for people. Same thing as the cryptocurrencies. And people get so excited about it. Well, it's, it's, it's not going to last. because it, it. And there's so much money out there. When that money yeah. starts dissipating, also, too, when people start losing money, it's going to go down, down, and it's going to be a, a bad situation. That's why we always talk about it. I mean, you know, if it was that easy, why would we spend 15, 20
2: hours to research one company? Mm-hmm. yeah, sure, just buy buy the the options. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I know it doesn't work out well. This, again, is just another sign of just how much money is out there. And uh, I think, again, the uh, over-exuberance of trading and investing and doing these crazy things, I, I do think it's a bad sign for the market overall as well. Yeah. And
1: oh, it's, it's easy. Anybody can do it and so yeah. forth. Well, they're going to find out that's not so easy. Let's talk about the oil reserves because President Biden announced uh, this past week he's going to release 50 million barrels from the U- U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Uh, some may think this will help. Well, m- my feeling is it will do nothing to reduce the cost of oil and gasoline. The U.S. daily consumption of oil is approximately... 21 million barrels per day, so this release only equals about two and a half days of consumption.
2: You know, I personally have uh, never really been in favor of using the strategic reserves because they should be maintained for you know our military so we cannot be held hostage during a crisis. When we only need oil to protect ourselves. Also, other good kind of times that we've used in the past was during hurricanes, like Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, you got uh, right. everything knocked offline. There's really, I'm going to say, more important events that, that we should be Reserving that oil for, uh, but I think it would have been a far better choice to again get really the Keystone pipeline back. Right? Right. That that is something that'll help with the supply of oil and gasoline and and really the transportation of that fuel because we know how expensive transportation is right now. Yeah. And it's kind of funny actually. when You think about it, higher oil is bad because it's higher for transportation costs, right. but to get the oil places, well, you got to pay to transport yeah. it. So it's kind of a yeah. self fulfilling prophecy, but. Uh, I, I I think it is just something to keep an eye on. Uh, I I don't think we're gonna have noticed this fifty mil, million barrel release whatsoever. Um, it's it's what it is. Oil went down oil yesterday, went, but not because of the oil right, release. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was one positive that it, it did go down because of concerns that oh if the uh, COVID does come back, people won't be driving and so forth. But that's again, I don't believe that's gonna happen. I think oil. I think it was like at sixty nine dollars a barrel. Was a high of 80, I think, past week around 75. So I think we'll probably bump back up to about 75 next week. And and actually, I did uh, see last week as well. There was some reports that actually they are producing a little bit more oil. The inventory is going a little bit higher. So there could be could be some relief there. But it, it's not going to be. Oh, it's because of the five million barrels that the government put in there, which uh, 50 million barrels, not five million barrels. So, yeah. but it's just. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's like putting a band-aid on a broken arm. Yeah. So yeah. So
2: yeah. I I do think there are just great opportunities out there in terms of uh energy companies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean energy is not gonna go away no. uh next year. And and because uh, of even some of the car makers and I think this will be pushed back is my, my personal opinion, but uh I think it's 2030, 2035, they'll be all EVs. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to have a balance of, of both. So you're going to have the option of you want combustion engine, you want an EV, because I know I will never buy uh, yeah. an EV. So
2: Well, I mean, again, that that's uh, the manufacturers being all EV by 2030. That That's right. their current lineup. But, you know, you have people that have cars that are 10, 12 years old. Yeah. And so now you're talking – we're probably not looking at all evs on the road maybe
1: 2050 yeah 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 And even though i I still think that there's going to be a change to it i i I just don't believe there'll be all evs because i think there's gonna be people out there i want a combustion engine car so maybe 50 50 split 70 30 split something i think if the demand is there um i think that they will make those cars because you know consumers right if they want it so so we'll
2: see uh gosh Ten years from now. (laughs) I'm still of the belief that by 2050, we're going to have some new problem. Oh, my gosh. These EVs are terrible, just like the the combustion engine is terrible right now. So I think in 2050, it's like, oh, we're going to have to create this new infrastructure (laughs) and have these new engines. Maybe it's hydrogen powered. I know we kind of have some of those, but... I don't know. I, I, I just can foresee some issues down the road with the EVs as well. Hey, People I, are never happy. Ne- ne- well,
1: there's always some problem. I mean, yeah. you, do, you do one thing, I'll create another problem. Uh, the other thing, too, is the uh, the uh, grid. I mean, how much strain yep. is it going to put on our, our electric grid? Uh, and I know they're trying to come up with other things from solar, wind. Uh, I think it's called hydro turbines, I, well, I think, off the ocean. Or, you know, So there's different things they're trying to come up with. But if you've got all of a sudden a 50% increase in – Consumption, because everybody's got EVs, it's going to be a Overwhelming. Overwhelming. So uh, speaking on overwhelming, let's talk about Peloton. Uh, the stock has been absolutely crushed this year as it's now down more than 70% year to date. After hitting a high of over $171, the stock now trades eh, a little bit over $40 a share. Uh, I do not think uh, this is now time to buy uh, as COVID was a major positive catalyst for this company. I do not see anything like that benefiting the company in the near future. Much of the fall has stemmed from Peloton slashing its revenue forecast by up to $1 billion and reducing expectations for profit margins and
2: subscribers alike. Yeah, and the company also recently announced a $1 billion stock offering, uh, which totaled 23.9 million shares. Uh, Compare this to the shares outstanding of about $300 and and the offering, it's quite dilutive to current shareholders. Uh, Lastly, the company is still not expecting to make money next fiscal year. Analysts are looking for a loss of $0.92 for the fiscal year ending June 2023. Uh, There's just too many concerns for me to be interested in this company, even after the massive decline. And and of course yesterday the stock was up about i think it was six percent as again people are going to go lock themselves in their homes and only use peloton so uh that's why the stock was up yesterday
1: yep yep and and it's just something that kind of shows people that you can't invest something at a high price because of a short-term situation short-term situation being COVID, and i i I know last what a year and a half two years But look what happens to Peloton now because people are going back to the gyms. They they don't want it. I've heard of people just trying to get rid of their Pelotons now. So uh, there's some people probably made money on it. But the key is, and this is where most investors miss, is if you're going to play the gambling game of not investing in companies but trying to gamble on a company that, oh, this is going to be great, you need to know when to get out. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people have gotten out at lower prices, and I was disappointed too because I don't see them making any profits down the road. I also saw on TV, I think it was uh, the Norda Track. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was looking at the Peloton, but the Norda Track, they've got the the screen with the, the the live people doing it there, and it looked very uh, close to a Peloton. Uh, the other important part, part as well is that competition. Yeah. Uh, there's no moat there. Anybody can create a bike. Uh, put a you know uh, the screen on the videos and so forth. So n- no moat to prevent anybody else from coming and competing with your your product and taking away market share.
2: Yeah, and I, I think I don't know if it is the NordTrack, but I think Costco has their own now too. Oh really? Yeah, I, it, it could be the NordTrack. I just know they have an off-brand Peloton. Yeah. Um So I it, as I said, there's no no moat there, and I, I just I don't know. I never got the craze. I, I don't like. Viking. So I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, when it first came out, I know people. Oh, I love my Peloton. I'm like, I just never get one. Yeah,
1: I just kind of felt, uh, for lack of a better term, it was a fad. That, that again, it was great to do at the time. It was exciting. It was new. It was something different. But it wasn't going to stay that way for five years. And, and I have seen a couple of Pelotons in gyms. You go know to gyms. Well, they they have one there now as well. So it's just another piece of exercise equipment. It doesn't replace that. So so again, as an investor. You want to look for the longevity of what you're getting into unless you're a gambler or speculating that, okay, this is going to go up and I'll sell it six months down the road uh, and know that you won't get the absolute top for it, but just a speculation. I mean, I think the same thing on to Zoom. I think Zoom was a high like 500. I think Zoom is now probably around, uh, I think I saw the twos, two, 220, 230 something. I know you're going to look it up real quick, but I believe they had a high like 500 on Zoom. So there's other ones that benefited from COVID but that's not a good long-term investment strategy because it, it things will change and go back to
2: somewhat normal things there. Yeah, uh, it, it did. Zoom hit around 500. 486 is the 52-week high. 52-week uh, low is 195.80. What's it at now? Uh, 220. It was 220. up 6% yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Right. yeah. Just, yeah. just, again, the, the COVID retrade. Right. You know? and, it, and, again, it's a great product. We use it. I know a lot of people use it, but it wasn't
1: going to keep growing based on the, the analysis that, oh, everybody's going to do – uh, Zoom from home in the office. So phone number is 866-577-2473. We're going to open the phone lines for that unbiased, no strings attached, formal opinion about what you want going to talk about. That's uh, 866-577-2473. Before we go to the calls, I do want to talk about that. If you like the information we provide here, uh, on these topics. You can go to our social media pages. We actually do, do many of the posts beside these on different topics. We just can't talk about them all here on the show. Uh, but again, go to on, on uh, Facebook. It's a Smart Investing with Brent and Chase Wilsey. Uh, also, Wilsey has a management. Uh, Brent Wilsey is kind of, uh, I think i reached my 5,000 limit. Uh, Chase has a Facebook as well. Uh, you can check it out there. LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. We do... A couple of posts a day on different topics to try to keep you informed of what's going on. I'm um, also YouTube, but we didn't do one yesterday because it was a kind of holiday. <laughs> we took a week off. We took a week off. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Our, our YouTube, we got quite a few on the, there now, I believe, right?
2: Yeah, it's been growing, and uh, you know, we have a. We also post our news segments there, so we have that, and then we also have our weekly stock analysis that we'll pull out a weekly stock analysis again missed this past week but yeah we, yeah we can take a break every once in a while it's the holidays yeah <laughs> but forgive us if we take a day off here. we've we've talked about some some good ones like uh Foot Locker was a recent one we've yep. talked about uh Microsoft is another one we've talked about Archer's Daniels Midland FedEx you know yeah. we've talked about a, a wide range of companies that that have been kind of prevalent in the news Zoom was another one we discussed uh, several weeks ago but uh yeah, I, I recommend going out to YouTube, checking that out, mm-hmm. and type in Smart Investing with Brent Chase. We'll see and you know, our our channel should pop up there. Yeah,
1: and, and the other thing we do for people, too, is that we do a free consult if you like what you hear on the radio show and saying, gosh, you know, I, I wish these guys could manage my money because I just don't understand what I'm doing. And again, our, our slogan is no emotions, just results. That's how I've done well over, gosh, I've been doing my investing now for over 40 years. Uh, that's how we do it. So if you want to... Come into the office, sit down with us. You can uh, do that. Uh, Go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And it's a no-pressure thing. We just kind of talk about what we're doing. Uh, We'll show you our strategy in more detail. If it works for you, great. We'd love to do it for you. You can also call the office, 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. All right, let's go out to the phones here. Let's start off with uh, Jim and Alpine. Jim, you're on the Smart Invest Show in Chase. How can we help you
0: out? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for being here on this long holiday weekend. You could have taken it off, and, you know, I would have missed calling you.
1: Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we're here for you.
0: <laughs> so uh, I uh, invested in Omega Health Industries a while back because of the graying of America. And uh, it's a health care REIT that does a lot of senior citizen housing stuff. They pay a nice dividend. And like you said, Peloton spiked up because of the COVID. I'm looking at the charts on Omega, and it's actually down below what I paid for it now. And I'm wondering if it's spiking down because of the possibility of COVID, you know, raising all sorts of cane in their uh, rest homes. So I'd like a little bit of a narrative on it, plus the idea of how strong they are about continuing to pay their dividends.
1: Yeah. And you bring up a good point because uh, we have a healthcare read as well. And the same thing happened because concerns like, oh, everybody's going to go back in the hospitals and be overflowed float again. Mm. Uh, could create a buying opportunity uh, at that point in time. We'll see more next week. But let's take a look at uh, the company again is uh, Omega Healthcare, symbol as O-H-I. Uh, they are in the REIT Healthcare Facilities Industry. Uh, got surprised here. Uh, the short percent of float is 7.6%. I. I don't remember seeing that on REITs being that high, usually above 10%, 12%. I get a, bit, a little bit worried, but i can kind of surprised to be 76 on a REIT. But uh, anyways, uh, 69% uh, percent is hold, held by institutions. Uh, we do see a good P.E. ratio of 14.8 versus 51.6. Price to sales, 6.1. That is the same as the industry. Price to book value, 1.7 versus 1.8. And price to cash flow, 8.6 for Omega versus the industry at 17.7. Now, I do see the growth on the company. We see uh, earnings grew by 173% uh, for the past year. Industry was down 37%. Uh, uh, we also see that for the five-year period, uh, it was up 36 Industry down 96 Sales over the one-year climbed by 23%, well above the industry at one2 And even the five-year for the company, 4.2% growth versus 0.2%. I do like the uh, analysts here. They have a five-year earnings per share growth rate estimate of 15.8% versus 2% for the industry. Now, the dividend, wow. Uh, you get a 9.6% dividend versus 43 But payout ratio is 141%, so I'm a little bit worried about it being that high. So I'd want to kind of understand more about that dividend and probably look at more on the cash flow as well. Uh, on the balance sheet, we got a current ratio of 4.9 versus 1.8. That's a positive, especially for that dividend. Debt to equity 1.3 versus one. That's okay. And then we see a net profit margin of 41.3 versus 15.6. That sounds high. So I want to know why that is so high. And then return on equity is 11 versus 3.9. What do you got for the company going forward?
2: Yeah, so, current price here for Omega Healthcare, well, it's $28.05. 52 week high, well, that's $39.31. And the 52 week low, $27.74. So, right at that low, I, I, it looks like they did hit that actually yesterday. Uh, Year to day yeah, return, yeah. I mean, down 16.6%. Not sure why that's being hammered as much as it has been. I mean, as Brent pointed out, you get a very nice dividend with it now. Uh big thing we look at though, I, I'm not surprised the payout ratio looks bad. Would want to of course take a closer look at the cash flow, but as a reminder, we look at FFO or funds from operations when we are looking at REITs. So if I look at the FFO for December 2022, I see it's estimated to be at $3.25. I, I mean it trades at a board multiple here of about eight, nine yeah. times. We get a target sell price of fifty-three ninety-five. I mean, the valuations on this company are, are very, very strong here, Jim. I uh, would want to, of course, know a little bit more on the background of this business as you know, the me- medical re- we have isn't trading at, at this low evaluation, hasn't struggled as much as this one year to date as well. I do know one, the one that we hold, they've collected 99% of their rents during yep. COVID. It, it's kind of funny how these businesses get beat up. And it's like, well, they're in real estate. They're not doing the actual operations of the hospital. They just own the land. And as long as the hospitals are paying their rent, it doesn't really have an impact on these companies.
1: Yeah, so, so Jim, what I would do, I'd want to find out what type of health care do they have because I know ours is hospitals, surgical centers, and so forth. So understand that. The other thing, too, that could be a factor with that mm-hmm. high debt. Maybe there's some debt coming due because this is a, looks like a very good buy at this point in time, almost too good. So I'm just wondering, maybe there's some Big liabilities on the debt side coming due in the next, uh, we'll say, 12 months or so that there's some concern. They won't be able to pay it. But but that's just a guess. That that's what you are going to look at to see why. If, if you don't find anything, I mean, this does look pretty good.
2: Uh, and, and I
1: think
0: yes, Jim yes. may have pointed this okay. out, but
2: the company primarily operates in skilled nursing and assisted living facilities. Mm, okay.
0: Yes. So. Yeah. Senior living centers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, So just go, go basically pour over one of the 10 Qs or something like that for that uh, loan sort of information. Yeah, we always
1: look for reasons not to buy the company. So, you know, look for, for negative signs on the company. If you can't find anything, that's what we usually say is pretty good. But, yeah, just look for some reasons. If you don't find anything, then I would say continue to hold it and uh, actually even looks kind of like a buy if you can't find anything. All righty?
0: Actually, I was going to sell it and do a wash buy, you know, 31 days out. Take advantage of a little tax loss. In it. Oh, okay. Uh, but that's, it. that's a whole other story. That's a whole nother. Other. Other, yeah, uh, um, we
1: we do we do that kind of with a twist. I I can't explain on air because it's, it's too complicated. But there's a way to do it so you don't actually lose in case it goes back up and so forth. But that, that's one thing that we do at our office, and I think we did it for what three companies this past a week um, or so, three, four, five. five
0: what five you companies. do you do a, you do a tax loss harvesting and you still get the gain as it goes back up.
1: Yeah. And what it's, it's kind of too complicated to kind of explain on the air here, but it's just a different way of kind of doing it. Yeah. It, it's just, you gotta be careful with it because actually people can screw it up and do it wrong. You can end up with a, with a bad position. So there is a way to do it. Cause one thing I never liked about tax loss harvesting was that you can sell it. You gotta be out for 31 days. Well, you sold it at, we'll say 10 now, 31 days later, it went up to 12, well, shoot, you lost a 20% uh, gain there. So there, there's some other ways you can do it uh, uh, strategy-wise so you don't have that happen to you.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not fond of the tax tail wagging the puppet dog, you know. Um, doing doing reasons for tax reasons is probably one of the last reasons I do yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, you, uh, would... you know, uh, yeah. you got to pay attention. But listen, I appreciate you guys being there always. Once again, thank you very much. And... Uh, uh good luck with your four wheel drive and learning how to do donuts with <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hopefully that'll come soon. <laughs> All right, Jim. Thanks for calling. Have a great weekend. Bye bye. See
0: you guys.
1: Bye. All right. That does does open on the phone line. 866 577 2473. That's eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. Let's go down to Chula Vista and speak with Jim. Jim, you're on the smart vegetable Brent Chase, how can we help you?
0: I don't like your opinion of C X. Okay, do you hold that or looking to buy that? I bought some at six and a half, and actually it's five point eight. And get some more of it. Oh, okay. Now C-Mex,
1: is that the concrete C-M-M?
0: yeah
2: company?
1: Right. It's and a Mexican s- company. A Mexican company. And you said that right. uh, you paid. Gosh, I thought
0: six you said. Six and a half. I'm thinking of getting some more after the draw, but it's probably go back up on Monday.
1: I I could be wrong, but I thought a couple of years ago this company was like in the 40s. But I I I might look at the chart. Maybe when Chase is I, gonna. I look don't up. believe so. No. But okay. Yeah. I I could be wrong. So, uh, we'll, we'll tell us take it to C uh, Max symbol of CX. They are in the building materials industry. Uh, nothing on the float side. Only 40% owned by institutionals. Uh, decent start in the valuations, Gemma, uh, 14.1 versus 13. Uh, do you have price of sales? Very good, 0.6 versus 1.2. Price of tangible book value? Very good, 0.9 versus 7.5. So, it means you're paying 90 cents on the dollar for the tangible assets of this company. And Then price of cash looks good as well, 4.9 versus 6.8. And a very good peg ratio of 0.2 versus 1.6. Now, the earnings per share for the one-year, no change there. The industry is up 39%. Five-year for CMEX, down 1% for the earnings. Uh, industry up 47%, so it looks like the company could be struggling. On the sales side, uh, 15.1% uh, versus a decline of 9.7. And the five-year growth on sales, 2.3. About double the industry at one. Uh, a very nice five-year earnings per share growth uh, estimate here by the analysts of 33.2 uh, versus 83 They do not pay a dividend. Look at the balance sheet here. A little bit of concern. Eh, That's not too bad, I guess. The current ratio is 0.9 versus 2.4, but no debt. Says uh, debt to equity zero versus 0.5. So that's a big positive there. Uh, We do see. uh, Let's look at days inventory outstanding: uh, 44.7 versus 71. That is positive. Days sales outstanding is 41 versus 47. Another positive. Net profit margin 4.3, not quite as high as the industry. At 9.4. And return equity also a little bit low here. 6.6 versus 11.8. Chase, what do you got for the company going forward?
2: So current price here for C-Max was $5.85. 52-week high, $9.09. And the 52-week low, it's $4.53. Year-to-date, up about 13%. I did look at a long-term chart. Uh, Back in 2008, 2009, it looked like this company may have hit that $40 Mm. level. It looked like it was... Uh, 30s to 40 perhaps so okay um not a couple years ago but it, it did that several years ago so,
1: yeah, yeah and That was right before the uh, great recession the housing crisis so i guess they're doing yeah because i do see it now 27 looks like the high back then so maybe they never recovered from the uh, great recession and the housing boom back then
2: yeah but uh, looking forward for this company going to december 2022 i see estimated earnings per share is 75 cents give us a target sale price of $12.45? So the valuation on this, Jim, it looks phenomenal. A couple of questions I do have on it, though, is, you know, where would a lot of their sales be taking place? Are they going to be benefactors from any infrastructure deals here? Uh, do they sell predominantly in, you know, Mexico, South America? I, I'd be very curious what what that kind of sales breakdown is.
0: Okay. Yeah, quite a bit of their sales, I believe, this is in the US. That's my thought on the infrastructure, and I thought it was rather cheap. And, yeah. you know, maybe it can go up to $9 a share, you know, and if you have a couple thousand shares and it makes a 50% move, that's not bad. You
1: know? And you would think with the infrastructure deal, the, the, the boom in housing, there'd be a big need for concrete. So I'm kind of surprised this is not doing very much. So I'm wondering if there's something else out there that we're not seeing here that's causing this stock <clears throat> to be suppressed.
0: You have to look at it a little more. Early, yeah,
2: yeah I, yeah. I think it looks intriguing. Definitely, I think it's definitely worth further research. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it's strange how how poorly it's performed given you know I, I'm going to say kind of the the tailwinds of the infrastructure and and the boom in housing and construction. Yep. I'm surprised <clears throat> it's not doing better.
1: Yeah, and what I would do because I see they reported for September 30th. Uh, obviously, uh, is go back maybe listen to the conference call. Uh, read the press release for the last uh, quarter or two. See if you'll find something there as well. All right, Jim.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. Hey, you guys were talking about price of oil. Yes. Think the, Biden think the Biden administration will go out and take credit for the price of oil dropping below $70 now? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be an interesting press conference if their uh, spokesperson does that. I, you know, I, I hope that so, doesn't well, happen.
1: Yeah. That'd be terrible. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks
1: guys. Okay, Jim. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. All right. That opens up the phone line. 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Let's go out to Phoenix and speak with Roland. Roland, you're in the smart vessel, Brent chase. How can we help you?
0: Yeah. Good morning. Um, Best Buy took a big dive, Uh, from 138 to 114 still has on the surface some good ratios. Apparently it has to do with uh, theft problem, shoplifting and theft. So wanted to get your take on Best Buy.
1: Yeah, and I saw that. I I know there's a lot of retailers that are having problems. Uh, I forget who it was that mentioned in the conference. Maybe it was even them. No, I think somebody else in the conference call that the the theft is really starting to hurt their profits. And and I I think... This is what I call a fixable problem. I don't think it's going to last forever to where, oh, yep, you open a store, and they're going to come in and take all our our goods. So I like when a company drops for this reason, but let's look at the fundamentals.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, too, I I saw another story that uh, I think it was in Minnesota that Mm -hmm. a Best Buy had, like, a group of 30, 20, 30 people go in and and loot it. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that it was brought up in the conference call, and then I think it happened after their conference call with the huge group that— Went in there and stole a bunch from them. And the other thing, too, that they talked about on, on their conference call was that uh, holiday sales are actually expected to be down versus last year. Really?
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, I guess we'll see how that works. So well, let's take a look at uh, Best Buy, uh, symbol is BBY. Uh, percentage short is only 3.9%, 82.6% held by institutions. Uh, good start in the P.E. ratio, 11.1 versus 376 Price-to-sales, very good, 0. 0.6 versus 1.1. Price-to-book value, 6.6. 6. That is the same as the industry. And then price to cash flow is 14.1. That's also the same as the industry. Look at the peg ratio, 1.4 for Best Buy. That's better than the industry at 2.5. Their earnings per share for one year <clears throat> are actually up 50.1%. Industry up 38.2. For the five-year, they saw their earnings grow up 24.9%, almost double the industry at 13 Sales growth for the last year up 14.8 versus 1.3. And then five-year average on the sales growth for Best Buy, 5.7. The industry saw a decline of 0.1%. Now, the five-year earnings per share growth estimates, 8.9%. That is the same as the industry. They do pay a decent dividend here at 2.4%. Uh, use about 25% of the earnings to pay that out. So that's, uh, I think, very safe. And then look in the balance sheet. you got a current ratio of 1.2 versus 2.4%. Debt to equity, 1 versus 1.1. Days inventory, 57 versus 128. That's a big positive. Even days sales, outstanding. They're really turning over this inventory and these sales. Uh, 6.2 versus 17.1. Net profit margin for Best Buy, 4.9 versus 3.9. Return equity, wow, Uh, 58.5. But the industry is 60.9. I almost have a feeling that uh, Best Buy might be taking up a lot of this uh, industry because all these numbers are very close to it. So uh, what do you see going forward, Chase?
2: Yeah, well, let's start here. Current price for Best Buy, $114.77. 52-week high, well, that's $141.97. So nice little pullback there. 52-week low, though, $95.93. It's done okay so far this year, about 17.2%. Uh, but obviously it was doing better before oh, their, yeah. their last conference call. <laughs> uh, looking out to January 2023, I see estimated earnings per share of $9.39. Would give us a target sell price of $155.87. So that looks pretty good from the, the valuation perspective. Uh, I will say, though, that it is estimated decline. January 2022, analysts are looking for $10.05. and Then 2023, I don't like to see it drop to nine thirty nine. dollars That's a... About a seven percent decline in the earnings growth.
1: Uh, well, twenty-three. I mean, we are going a little bit further. That could change. It Maybe January. Oh, January.
2: So that's only about a a year away from January. Do Do you see the uh, number of analysts on that or no? That's twenty-three. Twenty. Wow. That, yeah. that is kind of disappointing. So I, I I'm a little surprised by that, and I, I do believe in the conference call. I didn't <coughs> listen to the full thing; just got kind of pieces of it there rolling. But they they did say something along the lines of they expected holiday sales not to do as strong because everybody got a lot of their electronics last year during COVID. Yeah. So it's kind of like a similar thing with Peloton is, well, if I got a laptop last year, I'm not going to go buy another laptop this year. Right. That's kind of more of a durable good in terms of technology. So it's going to last more than one year. So I, I do worry that there was a lot of demand pull forward for Best Buy during COVID as people need to kind of update their electronic needs. And now I wonder if that's going to have an impact on Best Buy sales for the next few years.
1: And that could be in tune. We do talk about perhaps a slowdown in the economy in twenty twenty three as well. So perhaps the analysts are thinking that also uh, people got all their technology stuff. Slow down the economy by twenty twenty three. So um, yeah, I I, mean, I was kind of excited about it. Then I saw that numbers you said. It's like uh, maybe maybe we shouldn't. Uh, and I, I Roland, I think you said you you hold this correct.
0: No, I was thinking of buying it on this drop.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I I might want to, and again, I'm just going to normally, again, we, we spend many, many hours kind of talk about this, but my thought is I'd, I'd almost want to see it drop a little bit more yeah. uh, just to get a little more safety there because
2: that 2023 number does not look very good. Yeah. I'd hey. almost I'd almost wait, I think, a little bit longer, as Brent said, and you might miss it, but I'd almost wait until they report their full fiscal year because they're not anticipating a good holiday for the electronic side. They do have a good holiday. Of course, the stock will go up. Yeah. But if their expectations are correct, see the stock fall further. Yeah. So I, I, I think a lot of it would stem from what exactly was said in that conference call. As I said, I only heard <laughs> little bits and pieces. But there were some big warning signs, obviously, that led to the, the major decline. Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, listen to that conference call. See what they say and so forth. But yeah, it did did kind of worry me. We don't like to see in the
2: future earnings start declining because it does – Worries. Yeah, I mean, the, the company has a lot of positives. I think it's a yeah. great business. I think their they're Geek Squad, I know, uh, I held this actually years ago. It was one of the, the first companies I bought for my personal investment portfolio. I don't hold it any longer, but I remember they were talking about the Geek Squad and other service revenue, and I always like to see service revenue because it, it creates right. a more sticky customer and also more sticky revenue. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, Roland, i that help you out? Hey. Yep, thank you. All right, well, thanks for calling. You have a good one. Bye. All right, that does open the phone line. Actually, all phone lines are now open, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. I got to give the Geek Squad a a big plug here. I think about a year ago, um, I had them come out to look at my system. It wasn't working and so forth. This woman came out. She was there for like two hours. Didn't charge me a dime. She goes, "Well, we didn't really do anything." I go, "What do you mean? You got all my system working?" She goes, "Yeah, but you know." She goes, "At no cost." So I mean, that gave me a lot of goodwill for them because actually I'm thinking about doing some other things now, so I'll, I'll be calling them again. But I was very happy that okay, because I,
2: I thought they're gonna like okay, it's like three hundred dollars. Like okay, fine. Uh, but no,
1: she goes, no, no charge. So
2: and they, I think they, I think they had a, kind of a bad reputation at first, mm-hmm. but I think they they really turned that around. And this is years ago. And I think they've become more reliable. I I haven't really used them personally, so I I can't say that. But, uh, again, this just comes from me kind of reading the conference calls from years ago. Yeah, Uh, This probably I held it probably three, four years ago. Um, But, yeah, I I know that they they were in the middle of a turnaround. And uh, I think Hubert Jolly was the CEO's name. I know it's now. I think her name's like Karen Barry. I, I think she's done a good job kind of continuing on what his turnaround plan was. Yeah, and, and, and it's always been like a kind of a leader, I think, on that. And I think back before the
1: prom was where they, there was concerns that they're losing uh, sales to Internet sales. Yep. And I think they've turned that around where they match the price of Internet sales. So that's gone. And uh, remember Fry's? Fries is completely yep. gone. Yeah. They, gone. They, they didn't make it, but Best Buy didn't,
2: did very well. Mm-hmm.
1: So, already phone number is 866-577-2473. That's 866 866-577- 577 two, four, seven, three. Let's turn to our financial planner, Harrison Johnson. Good morning, Harrison. How are you doing this morning?
3: Good morning, guys. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Well, good, good. I love the topic here.
1: Income problem versus tax problem. I, I just love that topic. Well, what are you going to tell us? Just make less money? What are you going to tell
3: us? <laughs> <laughs> so um, as far as retirement goes or really any type of income situation goes, a lot of people are, are able to retire a lot more people than you'd think um you know when you look at how much social security or pension you're going to get what's your 401k ira income maybe you've got some roth accounts maybe some taxable accounts you look at how much you're paying in your mortgage Um, a lot of people have the income potential to retire but so that's not the problem uh the problem or the the question is how are you going to take that income because the way that you take it is going to determine how much taxes you pay so it's not an income problem in many cases people have a tax problem so the questions like when are you going to take Social Security how much should you withdraw from different accounts in what years which spouse should be taking distributions should you perform a Roth conversion in what year you should you do it which account should you do it from Um, how much should you do do you have any unrealized capital gains when and how should you take those are you selling properties when you should you be doing that Um, How large are your RMDs gonna be in your 70s? What accounts should you be contributing to? So all of those questions need to be answered because if you do it well, you're really gonna save yourself a lot of taxes. So when you're in your 50s and 60s, you really need a plan to number one, not just create the income, but to also reduce taxes. And that's really where the biggest bang for your buck is gonna be. So a lot of people think, oh, you know, Um, I'm ready to retire. I'll be fine, and you probably will be fine, but you'll just be paying way more taxes than you should be, Um, and potentially it could be a few hundred thousand to millions of dollars of extra taxes that you don't need to pay, but you will if you don't do it correctly, and a lot of times if you wait to to figure this out, then it's going to be too late to do anything. So you really need to, to have a plan to reduce those taxes.
1: And, and Harrison, <clears throat> I, I know a lot of uh, financial planners, they do a financial plan. Okay, here you go. You're, you're all done. But it sounds like you're talking about, too, is that this is dynamic. It can change because you do one thing now. It could change three, four years down the road because now you have to do this. So it's not a one-time thing. Okay, you're all fixed. You're, you're good for life. This is continuously changing. And, I'm, and, and too, tax laws are going to change going down, going forward as well.
3: It absolutely is going to change, and it has to, because you're right, Brent. As your situation changes, your assets are going to change. Your income situation is going to change. Your brackets are going to change. The world around you is going to change. Legislative tax changes are going to happen. So you need to constantly look at it, and you need to understand how that is going to evolve over time to make decisions now next year, the year after, the year after. And with this, there's no product you can buy and there's no investment that you can invest in to solve these problems. It's more of a structural issue to say, okay, we're going to move this here, we're going to take this income here, we're going to defer this, and you have to understand, again, how those different sources are taxed and how they're going to change throughout time in order to structure it the right way. Um, the nice thing about retirement is you have so much flexibility on the income that you're going to take, and that's what gives you the opportunity to give you all the income you could ever need, but also make sure you're doing it in a, in a tax-efficient way.
2: I will say, too, that the big thing that we talk about is this is true tax planning, so yeah. you, you have to plan for it. It's, I, I I know we see too often sometimes people come into the office and, oh, uh, I did this. Well, there's nothing you can do once that's done. And that's where yeah. the, the planning portion is so important is to get ahead of those potential problems. And, and Harrison, yeah. I, I also see these commercials like from Schwab and these other
1: ones like, oh, it's so easy. Just go to our people and we, we can do that to financial planning for you. I'm thinking... And they make it so simple. It's really not simple. I mean, are these people from—I don't want to just pick on Schwab. There's other ones as well, these financial planning programs and so forth. Do it yourself. It just seems like it's not going to help you out because it's not going to keep changing for you.
3: I I really don't think it does help that much to look at it that way because I've I've had clients that have gone through that, and it, it's completely different um, than what I do. You know, planning is about— Understanding income and how that's going to change, and I, I don't—I haven't met any other financial planners that look at it the way I do. But then again, I'm not driven by trying to sell something or trying to gather assets. What my process has been changed over years after I've looked at hundreds of people go through retirement. So I know the problems they go through, I know the issues, and I, I know the steps that it takes to do the do it the right way. Um, and always since day one, I've I've never been sales driven so I I just look at the problem and then figure out the best way to do it so yeah. um, that's really the the best way to add the most value
2: yeah and,
1: and, and again people may not know this but you're on a salary you don't get you don't get a, a percent for the, the the commissions or anything else you sell uh, we do it. it's a fee base so uh, again it is unbiased you're paid to do a good job not paid to actually sell products to worry about that and, and actually one thing we talk about is that we're an investment advisory firm with a financial planning division as opposed to a financial planner trying to figure out how to do investment. So I think we have the whole basis covered doing it that way. And, again, you, I know you're very busy, and, and we tell people, yeah, set up an appointment with, with Harrison. So uh, we appreciate you being here on this uh, long weekend. I, and I think you're in Arizona, I think, right?
3: Uh, Central
1: California. Central California,
3: <laughs> that's right. That's right. So
1: All right, well, well, enjoy the rest of your long weekend, and uh, we'll see you Monday morning.
3: All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you Monday.
1: Okay, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. All right, again, that's uh, Harrison Johnson, our financial planner. He's a CFP. And if you want a free consultation with him, you can uh, set that up. Call the office at 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. Or go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And I, I kind of encourage you. I almost want to do like a challenge for people. If you have a financial plan, I'd, I'd be willing to almost do something to incentivize them to compare their financial plan to what Harrison does. I know we've had a lot of people in the past who are like, well, like, wow, my guy never thought of that. My guy doesn't do that. I mean, I really believe it's one of the best financial planners in in San Diego. Uh, he does a great job, and don't take my word for it. You know, Sit down with him for an hour and, and see what you think.
2: Yeah, and well, actually what he does do is he says if you don't find value in it, you don't have to pay for the financial plan. Yeah. So, yeah. Nobody's not done that yet. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I think he's had pretty satisfied customers there. Yeah.
1: I think so. So, yeah, give him a call at the office, 858 546 4306. That's 858 546 4306. Again, the website is smartinvesting2000.com. All right. Uh, phone number's here to reach us with that unbiased, no students attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. 866-577-2473. Now look over, all lines are open. So you call now, you will get through. Again, that's 866-577-2473. Well, Chase, I see we did have some, finally some good news on the inflation front. Uh, the recent cost to ship a container across Pacific came in at 13200 and ninety five
2: dollars. I mean, a huge drop, drop of twenty six percent from the previous week, and also the biggest drop that has been seen in two years. I, I know it's small, but it is something. And prices are still up dramatically yeah. from you know pre pandemic levels, but that is something that that I think is a I don't want to call it a leading indicator, but it, it does create. Inflation, because if the businesses have to pay more to ship their items over, well, they can't just eat that. They have to raise their prices to kind of offset those transportation costs. So if we can see this stabilized, I, I think that is a, a big benefit of kind of not seeing inflation across the board at rapid, rapid levels. I, I still think we're going to see inflation over the next few years. Oh, yeah. I, I think you see inflation probably, my guess, around 4% is what I'm anticipating, but... Uh, I don't think we're going to see anything like we saw in the 80s, but you never know. You know, so amazing about uh, inflation
1: right now is because we have we know we've had it. We talked about it back in, uh, in the springtime, said, no, we don't believe it's transitory. That was a, <laughs> oh, it's transitory, it's not going to yeah. be here. Well, here it is, in November, still here, uh, higher than it was. Uh, what's still amazing to me is that the interest rates have still, again, I talked about early in the show that the 10 year treasury was up to about 1.68, pulled back to 1.5. I mean interest rates are really lagging here and I think I may know the reason why but I just want to bring this up as a topic for people because interest rates have to rise
2: because inflation is not going away. Yeah. Yeah and I, I do think part of it is obviously the Fed still buying what is it, 120 billion dollars a month is that? The, I, I think that's the number, yeah. Yeah, so obviously that's creating demand for the bonds out there. If you pull out that 120 billion dollars how much demand would there now be? Because, it, again, it's supply and demand. So if there's nobody there to buy that 10-year note, well, that interest rate will have to climb to make it more attractive. That That's how the, the market works. So if you pull away that $120 billion, I, I do think you'll see interest rates start to, to climb there. And, and I think what will happen, that will happen, I believe, in
1: 2022. Uh, the other thing I believe will happen when our interest rates rise, I think we'll see a lot of foreign money come in because, like, wow, now they can get— We'll to say it goes to 2.5%. Uh, that's a very good return for safe money in the U.S. dollars. So that would be something that could happen. Uh, but still, a 2.5% rise uh, in interest rates, a 10-year treasury, that probably bringing mortgages up to probably eh, probably approaching the four level, which could hurt the uh, housing market a little bit.
2: Well, 4%. <laughs> know, you know? It <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is funny just how that now could turn people off from buying yeah. a house as a 4% interest rate. I, it blows my mind that, that that's still very cheap money. It,
1: it is still very cheap money. But when you think about kind of like the Best Buy situation where people during COVID, they, they bought a lot of electronics. Well, I think a lot of people have kind of bought their houses now. It, it, you're not going to keep on with this level. And, and as rates rise, that will actually obviously increase the, the, the cost for that home which now the the wages won't, you know, so you're going to have that imbalance there to where you're not less people qualify. is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, so that's the situation I see there, which could hurt the housing market. and Again, I'm not seeing a crash. I mean, I don't see that's going to happen, but I do see a slowdown. Uh, and it worries me because of the fact that, well, you know, that could hurt the economy because I think a
2: lot of people are just spending like crazy on it right now. Yeah. It's like, Oh, it's all right. I got money. And all of a sudden, (laughs) again, that money circulation slows down that that's Problematic, Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and we'll see what happens with that because it, it, there's just a
1: lot of things now where people say, well, I, I'm not worried about that any longer. And I think there's a lot of young investors out there who have not gone through the stream. And I, 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 I read something, I want to kind of save it for a post next week, but about how there's this imbalance. We talked about this, the, the options and so further in, in the, earlier in the show, that's going to be a problem. But the, no, there's some things that are not normal that are, are going on now and it's because people continue to buy the Microsofts, the Apples, the NVIDIAs. And normally during inflation times, that does not happen. So we'll see. I, I, I think it's going to be a terrible year for for the tech companies in uh, 2022.
2: Yeah. And, and that's the tough thing. I, I thought this year was going to be a terrible yeah. year for the tech companies. And it started off that way. And then the interest rates kind of pulled back. So, But you have kind of started to see now that correlation that that exists between interest rates and a lot of these big tech companies. So if you, you think interest rates are going to rise, I, I don't know if big tech's a safe place to be.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the concern. And, and again, people, oh, yeah, so you said that beginning of 2021. Now you're saying the same thing in 2022. It does happen. It will happen. And the thing is, I, the same thing happened back in the tech boom. You know, I said it probably for like two, three years. And then when it happened, it was a major decline. And, and, and to, to think that what would happen the same situation, and this sounds like, oh, he, he's way off track. I mean, Microsoft at 335 right now, Microsoft could trade 200, 225. Yeah. Oh, that could never happen. Oh, it does happen. And I, I think it could happen because things do change and nothing goes up forever. And that's, that's one thing that worries me. And I, I have seen, I will tell you, the institutional uh, uh, investors are starting to pull back somewhat. So who's supporting it now is what I will call your younger, inexperienced investors who have not seen. Uh, a a tech boom and bust have not seen a great recession and therefore they just think, Oh, just keeps going up all the time.
2: Yeah. No, it's it's interesting. Uh, I I was going to say too, on, on the mortgages, I I do think it is going to be interesting when mortgage rates go back up. What's the refi market going to look like? Oh (laughs) yeah. yeah. I mean, that's been a huge boom because interest just kind of keep going lower and lower. And we're in a, what, 40 year bond bull market now, which has been supportive to interest rates, obviously. And, Kind of help support that refi market, but now all of a sudden it's like, why would it, I have a three percent mortgage? I'm not going to refi at four percent. So you're going really to take s- cash out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm sure there's yeah. going to be somebody that's going to do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> so I I don't know. It's uh, always changing, and you always yeah. got to keep an eye on it. But I, I do think a lot of the easy money has been made in, in everything. I, yeah. I think real estate and stocks, I, I think a lot of the easy money has, has been made now. Cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Now, where where are people going to turn to to actually have, I think, good, safe, stable returns? I, I You just can't, as we all say, see things go to the moon. It, it just doesn't no. happen.
1: And I think I saw crypto, Bitcoin, uh, I think I saw on Friday it was down to 56,000. It hit the highest 65,000, now back to 56,000. What happened to being a great inflation hedge? What happened yeah. to that I <laughs> so, And I saw somebody else on Fox News and this commentator come on, like, oh, it's a great inflation hedge. She's like, no, you've never seen any history. There's nothing to prove that. It was just, uh, and I remember David Dream and a well known uh, uh, money manager from years ago, he had that thing about the car. Uh, every time a, a car goes by, it's a red car, you put your hand out the window. Oh, Okay, so that becomes a norm. It has nothing to do with anything. So you kind of make up these analogies to justify your position. Don't do that. Look back saying, well, you know, cryptocurrency has not been around for inflation, so therefore we don't know if it's yep. an inflation hedge. We still, in our opinion, we still believe it's a, a gambling thing that I think is going to end badly for a lot of people. Can't tell you when it's going to crash, but I do believe
2: it will crash. Well, because we really haven't seen, again, inflation in, gosh, what, 30 30, 40 years? Big inflation, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we haven't seen that type of problem. So it, it is something that I think people need to be cognizant of. And we always say history doesn't repeat itself, but it, it rhymes. yeah. And it's a it's going to be not exactly the same, but it's going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be similar.
1: Right. And, and the thing we have to realize that inflation, rising interest rates, it doesn't destroy the entire market. So you have to know what you're doing investment-wise because what worked in the past, just buying anything, like a tech company goes up, that's not going to happen. And there's going to be a lot of people going to be very disappointed. Uh, I would suggest that they research and understand the history of the tech boom and bust, how that happened, because it was, and I remember people, it was devastating for them. They, they, some people lost 70% of their money. I don't think it'll be that bad this time, but I
2: think uh, it could be, uh, uh, I'll well, I'll say
1: 30, 40% maybe.
2: I think it could. Yeah. I, I mean, if you get another year and then another, so that that's the problem. The, the right. higher and longer it goes, well, then I think the bigger the drop is going to be yeah. and yeah. it's going to be devastating for people or it just, as I said, it doesn't go up forever. So there's got to be some point where the valuations have to make sense. And uh, I think Microsoft's looking at 10% earnings growth. Well, it, in my opinion, can't go up more than 10% in a year because it already trades at such <laughs> high valuations. Yeah. So it, it's just something to be careful of, watch out for it. And if it continues to go higher, I think the, the potential price loss is even larger
1: yep yep better to leave the party early than leave late drunk and fall down the stairs or get a car accident yep yeah so uh, that's what we recommend and we'll, we'll see what happens uh only another month and it's going to be 2022 yeah was yeah, crazy yeah. so we'll, we'll be talking about that and what we see coming up in uh, 2022 as well but uh, as always do your research do your homework uh, buy good quality businesses that have good fundamentals and you can always weather the storm well, there's a closing bell. Thank you for listening to the Smart Investing Show. It is for informational purpose only and should not be used on investment advice. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs, have other investment questions, feel free to call myself Brent Wilsey or Chase Wilsey at 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. Or visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And for more daily educational information on investment tips, go to our Facebook group page, Smart Investing with Brent Chase-Wilsey. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investing Show. We'll be back next week right here on the Smart Investing Show. Have a great
3: weekend.
0: This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management.